Welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks, Eddie. Um, kia ora koto, everyone. So good to be here. I want to say welcome to all the visitors here and all the newcomers. Again, I just want to reiterate what, what Eddie said about um, Edmund. That was awesome. Um, his voice was ministering to me like, he's like a Malaysian Morgan Freeman, I think. So, is it okay to say that? I just... Anyway, thanks so much, Edmund. Thanks so much, Eddie. And the worship team was phenomenal as well. So I'm Simon, for those of you that don't know me, I'm the lead pastor here, uh, along with my wife, Christy, and an incredible team, and we love our church, and we think that God's got amazing things in store for us this year. So um, the first message series I really felt to bring is all about work, because hopefully we want to hear something today that we will be able to apply to our lives from Monday to Saturday, right? And because we work for like a third of our lives, pretty much, um, give or take, that's a big chunk of our lives. And, um, but yet we hardly ever talk or preach about work and what it is and what our attitude should be towards it. Um, how many of you guys have seen like the classic Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? It's a super old cartoon, um, maybe on Disney Plus now. But like the, the Seven Dwarfs, like, they had such an amazing work ethic. They'd wake up in the morning and they were so stoked to go and work in the diamond mine. So they come up with this song like, Hi ho, hi ho. It's after you know they and they sort of like are so jolly and happy, except for probably grumpy. And they like singing and whistling, and they can't wait to get to work. Then at the work, they're like busy working and they're just loving work and they're singing the song hi ho. I don't think hardly any of us actually have that attitude. Like we never sing hi ho. Maybe if we were to sing a song about work, it would be like oh no, it's off to work we go, or I oh I oh. So it's all oh oh whoa. It's like oh man. So. I just think that I'm really excited about this, this series, to be honest, and we're going to be covering a whole lot over the next few weeks. Things like our attitude towards working, um, is work worship, God speaks as we work, God moves as we work, we're going to be talking about the curse of work, um, that your job is actual, actually ministry, that motherhood is work, and all the mums said... Work ethic, what about looking for work? What about when you're unhappy in your work? What about workaholicism? Um, the balance of work and rest, our identity, is it in work? Um, blessing your boss. All the bosses said amen to that. Um, what about retirement? What's our attitude? Should like You work most of your life. I think it's a good thing to, to relax, but does God still expect us to work? And just, there's so much more. I'm really excited about this. and um, We're going to take a little while and hopefully get some testimonies happening and some panels happening, so I'm stoked. Uh, the notes are on your Bible app. Um, just click on, and this is the only time you're allowed to look at the, the internet while I'm preaching, is if you're on your Bible app. Just go on to um, mobile data, events, and then you can find us there, and then just click on that, and all the sermon notes will be there. Uh, so this morning, um, let's go right back to the beginning in Genesis. And Genesis is such an important book. It is an historical account of the creation of the world. It really is. It's not written as a text 
book. It's more of a story, but nevertheless, it's, it's historical, and we've got to understand that. And I, I am grieving because there seems to be a growing movement um, within Christians that Genesis is, is no longer seen as historical. It's more like a fairy tale. And with that, I simply say, if you make Genesis the creation of the world, if you make sin, the devil, a fairy tale, then you don't need to have a real Jesus. Um, or a real salvation. It just needs to be allegorical as well. So I mean, I, I get that there's some wiggle room within like times and stuff because, you know, how, how long is a day compared to um, man's view on earth or God's view? If you've seen Inception, you know that gravity affects um, time. So I'm not going to go into that. It's a good, uh, not Inception, what is it? Interstellar, one of the most amazing movies in the whole world. You've got to watch it. Um, so I, I know there's some wiggle room, but we've got to understand it is historical. Um, all the Bible writers understood it was historical. Jesus talked about Genesis and the creation of the world as an historical event. And if you take away that foundation, you really just pull the rug um, from all of your foundational Christian faith. And if you do that, you get into trouble. So first point is not even in my notes. This is like before I get into the points. Genesis is historical, it's accurate, we need to understand it and see it as that, which brings me to my first point, number one, we were created to work. Oh, just like the thunderous applause, it's like, wow, that's like, amen, wow, we were created to work, so we've got to understand, we probably need to have a little bit of teaching in this area, because pretty much no one believes me right now. We were created to work. Go back to the beginning, Genesis. What does Genesis have to say about it? In Genesis 2, verse 1 onwards, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished His work that He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work that He had done. This isn't in my notes either, but God works. So, verse 3, God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So let's go to to verse 15, which is the, the main part of this point. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to just relax and be fed grapes from his wife, and just like don't not do anything. It actually doesn't say that. It says that God put the man in the garden to work. And we know that the historic, it's, it's historical, so we can't debate that. Uh, verse 18, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for them. And they both looked after and worked in the Garden of Eden, something that we don't usually think about. This was before the fall. This was before sin and the curse and death and toil entered planet Earth. This was right back at the beginning where there was perfection. And even before all of that, the fall and the curse, it was God's perfect will that mankind work. We are created to work. We are created to work well, and we are created to work hard. And does anyone agree with me right now? Because you guys are like, wow, that's a bit of a revelation. Like, I thought God's perfect will is just to relax and do nothing and just like have a good time. Nah, you're wrong. You're deceived. 
So what do these words actually mean if you dig into a lexicon and concordance and the Hebrew and the Greek? Because some of you are probably thinking, well, Simon, I'm sure work doesn't actually mean work. Maybe like we got it wrong in the English translation. I'm pretty sure it means just relax. (laughs) Work it, um, according to Strong's concordance, means to compel to labor or work, to work for another and to serve another by labor. And to keep it means to keep and have charge of to guard and to protect. There's no way around this, guys. God created mankind to work. It's in his perfect plan. Before any of the curse ever happened, we were created to work. It's part of our DNA to be involved in industry and to do it well and to work hard. It's our calling. Thanks, Christy. I'm encouraged by my wife, my helper helping me to preach right now. So with this first point, and it lays the foundation for this whole series, two things to remember. Before the fall, God created mankind to work, and we will find fulfillment in doing what God created us to do. So if God created man to work, then we will find fulfillment in work. That's why I see a lot of these... uh, lifestyles of the rich and famous and they've got them they've got they don't need any money and then they they I guess they have long breaks between movies but most of them get involved in some sort of aid work or philanthropic endeavors because there's something inside of us that wants to create and wants to work God put it in there we were created to work so my first point what is it we were created to work everyone say it we were created to work. Okay, let's bring it a little bit further. Say, I am created to work. I am created to work. You are, and that's awesome. Amen to that. The second point, work is worship. Work is worship. Romans 12, verse 12, and, and Mitch said an amazing, shared an amazing uh, message about this last week. But this is really important, and we've got to understand this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Other translations, your spiritual act of worship. We, we so often get caught up to think, well, worship is what I do um, during a church service, and for the first half hour, we've got great music, and, and everyone just sort of sings songs to God, and, and it's a great atmosphere. We raise our hands, and that is an aspect of worship, but worship is so much more than that. That's just a small part of really what God sees as worship in our lives. Our, our, our attitudes, our decisions, our choices, what we say, what we do, that is worship. Like uh, Keith, the late Keith Green said, I make my life a prayer to you. Our whole life is a worship song to God. The way we work is a worship song to God. Work is worship. And you've probably heard me say this before, but uh, When you get involved in in Bible study, one of the the first laws you understand or the principles is the principle of first mention. When there's the first mention of anything in the Bible, um, that again lays a foundational understanding of that theme from then on right throughout the Bible. So you take any sort of theme, uh, whether it's marriage or, or work or anything like that, you can trace it back to the first mention and then you understand the, the foundational understanding of that theme throughout the Bible. So where is the first mention of the word worship? 
It's like, where it actually was there? Was it back in, in the Garden of Eden? Was it, um, you know, Enoch walked with God, and so he, he was a worshiper? Where do we actually read that? And it may not be where you think. It's in um, Genesis 2, 22, verse 5, when, when God calls Abraham to, to give his son. So it's pretty heavy duty. Um, and it says this, Then Abraham sent, said to his young man, or young men's servants, Stay there with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come to you again. Like they weren't even in a church. They weren't with God's people. They weren't having a great time. Uh, Dan Squires wasn't playing guitar in the background to, to get the mood up. Um, that was awesome, by the way. And, and obviously, music has a, plays a big role in, in anointing. We know that from David and Saul. Uh, but it wasn't like that. Uh, The first mention of worship in the Bible was when God asked someone to do something incredibly sacrificial. It was obedience to God in maybe Friday and it's like 4 p.m. And you're in your office or you're on the work site. And and maybe if we could just like take your attitude right there for Thursday and we could chuck it into the computer and we could put it up on screen um, and we could somehow make the words rhyme and turn that into a song. Would that be a good song for all of us to sing, your attitude at work on Friday? <laughs> it's like some of us are like, oh, dear Lord, no. I was like, please. Work is worship. When the Reformation happened, and this was Martin Luther, and I think Calvin and the Puritans definitely grabbed a hold of this, they had this amazing rev- revelation and revolution called the Protestant work ethic. And they understood two things, that we needed to work hard because we were men and women, children of God, and also that work was worship, and they changed industry over a lot of the planet because they understood that work was worship. You work hard, and you work for the glory of God. So my first point, we were created to work. Second point, work is worship. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, we know it well. So whether you eat or drink or work, Simon's paraphrase, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Um, Back in the 1600s, there was a guy called Brother Lawrence, and and he was a monk. And and so what he did for the rest of his life, once he felt the call of God to, to join the monastery, was cook in the kitchen and mend sandals. And hopefully he didn't do it at the same time because that would be just terrible. Uh, but he, he, he had this incredible revelation of what it was to work in the presence of God. I um, mean, he wrote a book, and I've read it, and it's an absolute classic, and everyone needs to read it. It's called The Practice of the Presence of God. And the whole understanding was we try so hard to enter into the presence of God. It's like, oh, we'll go to church, and we'll enter into the presence of God there because that's where we worship. Or, you know, we'll go to a prayer meeting, and we'll enter into the presence of God. Or I'll pray for an hour, and then I'll be in the presence of God. And he understood the simple fact that we carry the Holy Spirit with us wherever we go. We are in the presence of God all the time. So instead of striving with that, let's just understand that and be conscious of that, that everything we can do, we're doing in the presence of God, and that is worship. So this is what he says, um, uh, a little bit of a paragraph about Brother Lawrence. He was assigned to the monastery kitchen where amidst the tedious chores of cooking and cleaning at the constant bidding of his superiors, he developed his rule of spirituality and work. Lawrence writes, men invent means and methods of coming to God's love, 
They learn rules and set up devices to remind them of that love, and it seems like a world of trouble to bring oneself into God's presence. Yet it might be so simple. Is it not quicker and easier just to do our common business wholly for the love of Him? Isn't it simple just to understand that when we're going to work on Monday and then we're doing what the boss has asked us to do or, or all of that stuff, working on the building site, being a mum or, or a dad, we do it as worship under the Lord? Like if we have that concept, then our whole world will change. Instead of seeing it as like an eight-hour working day, we can truly see it as an eight-hour worship day. Isn't that amazing for those of you that think, oh, I wish that the, the worship at church could go on for like way longer than 25 minutes. That's not even this, like, we should need to be singing all day long. It's, well, yeah, you can, you can worship all day long. It's called work. You can start tomorrow at eight o'clock and worship all day long in the presence of the Lord. We were created to work and work is worship. Some of you guys still aren't convinced that's all right. <laughs> Number three, God speaks as we work. God speaks as we work. And I haven't, and I would love to do this, maybe someone else has, but go through all the times in the Bible that God has spoken to people and commissioned people and um, you know, given them a call or seen, seen all of that. Um, what were they doing when, when God did that? And I really do believe that more often than not, God spoke to people and gave them commissions in the Bible as they worked, while they were working. And I've got a few examples here, and this is, this is definitely not exhaustive, but Moses, he was looking after his father-in-law's sheep when God spoke to him through the burning bush and gave him his life mission. He was working when God spoke to him, and David, another shepherd, he was tending the sheep when he was summoned and anointed future king of Israel out in the, the back blocks of wherever it was and forgotten by everyone. And the prophet is anointing the, the next king of Israel and they can't find where, where David is. They go and get him. As he worked, God commissioned him and changed his life. It was when he was working. Elisha was plowing the field when Elijah came and commissioned him to be his successor as prophet. He was working, he was farming, he was working hard. Gideon was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press, which probably isn't the brightest thing to do because there's no wind there. And obviously uh, the Philistines, they, they were freaking out. But nevertheless, he was working hard when the angel of the Lord came to him and said, rise up, mighty man of valor. He was working the disciples in the New Testament, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, they were all commercial fishermen. They were working when Jesus came and called them to be his disciples. And later on, it was Matthew, and he was at the tax collector's booth. He was working when Jesus came and gave him his call. I really do believe more often than not, God calls people and speaks to people when they are working hard. Like you don't see anywhere in the Bible that it says that, you know, Elisha was, was binge watching friends. And then Elijah came along and said, hey, buddy, you know. Or Gideon was playing Fortnite. Like you, you don't read that. So this is just my opinion. I do stand by my opinion. 
as we are working, as we see work, as worship, God speaks. And, and in my life, you know, yeah, God has spoken in an amazing worship service, but more often God speaks when I'm just going about working and doing stuff. Um, so often with renovations and doing things I don't like, like mowing the lawns, part of the curse. But I can take you to the, uh, the, the spot, exact spot, many times in my life where God has spoken to me, not in an audible voice, but in here that uh, I know. And more often than not in my life, it's been what I've just been going about my normal, everyday day, working and hopefully doing a good job at it. God speaks as we work, having a great conversation with my wife, Christy, down through the years. I know of many, many times as a mum, and we were raising four crazy but awesome kids, um, hanging out the washing, doing the dishes, changing nappies, where God has spoken to her time and time again. God speaks as we work. Does that go to, to say then that maybe we're missing out on God's speaking to us so much more if we have a slack work ethic. If we hate work, if we're spending more time relaxing than we should be, if we're lazy. Does that mean we're, we're hearing God less? It's, it's worth thinking about, perhaps so. If you want to hear the voice of God, and I don't think I've ever heard any preacher say this before, get working. <laughs> work hard. You guys are truly like stunned mullets this morning. It's like, came to, came to church to forget about work. And it's like, gosh. We were created to work. Work is worship. God speaks as we work, which brings me to my last point, because I want to keep it short. Work no longer needs to be a curse for those in Christ. Work no longer needs to be a curse for those in Christ. Genesis 3, verse 17 to 19. So going back to the beginning of the series, starting with the foundational understanding that, that God created mankind to work. So before the fall, before the curse, before sin and death, before all of that, before the curse upon the land, before toil and anxiety and stress, God created us to work. But then something happened. Adam and Eve had a shocker. They disobeyed God. In verse 17, after they had disobeyed God, this is what happens. And Adam, to Adam he said, God said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth to you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your faith, face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and dust you shall return. To dust you shall return. So we understand when Adam and Eve sinned, then the curse, sin and death came into this world, and as a result of that, work became cursed. Work became hard work. Uh, work became toil. And from that point on, where I really do believe in Adam's case, in Eve's case, work was a joy. It became something, anything but 
a joy because of the curse. And from that point on, mankind has been living under that curse. We know that we live in a broken world. This world is under a curse. We understand that with mosquitoes and yucca plants. Honestly, if I have two huge hates in my life, mosquitoes and yucca plants. I rue the day that we had yucca plants come to our our land. Man, they're demonic. They really are. And and just as a a result of of the curse. and, And therefore, work is cursed. So that's really bad news for all of us because we understand that we live in this broken world and this fallen world. And it's not just sin. Uh, and broken people, it's, it's brokenness, this whole world is, is under that. But I have really good news for you. I haven't got time to go into it this morning, but Galatians 3 is an incredible chapter. It talks about someone taking the curse upon himself and becoming cursed for us. And one of his names is the last Adam. And we know him probably better as Jesus. So the first Adam brought the curse and the results of the curse into this world, there's someone else, his name's Jesus, the last Adam. He took the curse upon himself. And he broke the curse of sin and death and made an incredible new world accessible for those that are in Christ of blessing and hope and future and expectation and joy. Jesus broke the curse. Which means if we understand that, then we understand it's not just that I'm going to heaven anymore, that I'm set free, that there is a place that I can positionally stand in as a son and a daughter of God where I don't have to put up with the curse anymore in this world. That I can live in this place and access complete blessing, whatever I do in life, just like it was, before Adam fell, because he was the first Adam, and Jesus now is the last Adam, and he took it all upon himself, and he's paid the price and said, it is finished. We can access that. And that might be a, a huge revelation to you, and you might think, well, Simon, that's just too much for me to understand, so I'm just gonna be content with going to heaven when I die. Or you can open up your heart to the possibility of, actually, Jesus, is that what you did? You took the curse upon yourself and you broke the curse? Which means that I, as a son and daughter of Christ, can now access this incredible life of blessing and purpose? Which means my work beforehand, it was just, I hated it. Now, even though the work may not change, I can have a complete different attitude. I can be full of joy and expectation, and I can be a blessing to everyone else, and I can carry this incredible presence around me, that therefore I will be a blessing to everyone in my working environment, that instead of saying, oh no, it's off to work, I go, I can say, hi ho, it's off to work, I go, I'm going to worship God for eight hours a day, and it's going to be awesome. For those of you that need a little bit more convincing, and I'll have the band up, please. Because we've got 20 minutes still. Romans 5 verse 17, I love this. And Lord, I pray that this will be a deepening revelation in our hearts. For if because of one man's trespass, which he's talking about Adam, 
For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. It's talking about the curse that was broken. And if we can understand that, it's not just for the new heavens and the new earth, it's for now. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, the curse, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ. We can reign in life. We don't have to live under a spirit of poverty. We don't have to live under a spirit of depression anymore. Like a lot of us do, and I don't wanna bring condemnation on us, but there is so much more we can access. Can we dare to believe it? Can we dare to believe and understand that positionally? Because now we are in Christ. We are a new creation. The old curse is gone. The new life has begun. And that means that work is no longer a curse, it's a blessing. We were created to work. Work is worship. We can expect God to speak to us as we work. We can expect to have such an amazing positive atmosphere on everyone in our working environment because we carry the presence of God. And that's good news. Let's all stand up, please. The band is not up here. Like we were going to like, okay, we're going to start the song. <laughs> Maybe they can just play something nice. Um, if I could have a, a show of hands for those of you that are here today and, and you sort of understand this concept and you know that God's called you to your work and most of the time you love your work and you see it as a vocation and, and it's really a joy. If you could just raise your hands. That is awesome. Most of you. Um, okay, that's cool. Put your hands down. If, if there are those of you today, and please be honest, there is no shame or embarrassment here. If you're having a hard time in your work, maybe it's a boss or a, um, a, a workmate, maybe you feel restless, maybe you just don't like your job, maybe you don't understand this, maybe work is anything but worship. Maybe you need a change, maybe you're really struggling, maybe you don't know what your vocation is. If you could just raise your hand as well. Okay, thank you so much for doing that. If you could just keep your hands raised. Okay, uh, and this is what I'm asking because I'm gonna get people that have really had a breakthrough in this to pray for you soon. You're struggling in your work right now, if you could put your hand up. If you know you're feeling like there's some toxic, there's a toxic work environment, anything to do with work right now, you just know you want a breakthrough. If you could just raise your hand, would be absolutely awesome. Um, those, and this is the thing, the cool thing is with body ministry, I don't have to do it all. Uh, because all of us should be doing this. If you've got a grace upon your life and you know that you can release blessing to these people that have got their hands up, please just go find them right now. Um, just go walk to them. Don't be shy. Don't take time. Just go and find those people that have got their hands raised. Um, if you don't wanna move, you can stretch out your hand, but please, those, you are carrying something in this. You're anointed for work. Um, and I wanna see release in this place, in this whole area. Uh, if you just wanna just go find those people, um, that would be awesome. I'm just gonna pray really quickly and then I want you guys to pray a prayer of faith over these people. And I'm believing for breakthrough because God's a God of breakthrough. God, I wanna thank you for these simple concepts. We were created to work. Lord, work is worship. You speak to us as we work, Lord. We don't have to be under a curse. Uh, Lord, I pray for all of those that have been bold enough to raise their hand. Lord, they're struggling right now. I pray for breakthrough today in the name of Jesus. 
And I pray for an anointing on those that are pray, laying hands upon them now and praying that you will be done, that this is a new day and miracles will happen in the workplace in the name of Jesus. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.com.